let's dive into the big story, which I told you I was going to make my eyeballs bleed watching this thing. Well, you and cleaned up nicely. I, excuse me. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, so they, uh, the, it, it, there was all kinds of uh, unusual activity around the tournament, and it started, it started with the uh, L.A. Country Club, Sam. Yeah. It, and that continued. It, it did up until the very end, up until... The final putt of Saturday with a couple of guys complaining that it was getting a little bit too dark out. To including the winner, Wyndham Clark. Including Wyndham Clark, uh, the uh, the guy who was the low amateur whose putt popped out like somebody punched it out of the bottom of the <laughs> hole in his last putt on eighteen yesterday. Right, uh, right. Matt Fitzpatrick, who was the previous winner, had some complaints. Say he was dead. He, he, the the fans weren't uh, close enough. There weren't enough fans. Well, because we knew coming in, one of the the allure of L.A. Country Club was that so few people had actually seen the inside. It was like <laughs> it was like a, a, a pyramid of ge- it was like a pyramid that nobody had ever seen. It was the ninth wonder of the world, <laughs> and it stayed that way. Because we found out as the tournament went along, they were letting in somewhere around twenty to 24,000 people a day, Okay, but only about 9,000 of that was general admission, and only about half of that was really truly available to the public. You're talking about maybe 5,000 tickets a day that you, that somebody, you know, the, the LA version of you or I could have actually gone to go get. I- this was harder to get in than the Masters. By far, by far, it was about half the crowd that normally is at the Masters, and then the Masters doesn't have those uh, hospitality tents and suites. Well, I'm sure they have them somewhere, but not out on the course. Like we see at a lot of courses, waste management comes to mind. But we saw, you know, suites and hospitality tents there, which accounted for a lot of the twenty-two thousand. Right. And by the way, I was hearing that the. Price tag on being in those those hospitality areas was somewhere in the vicinity of six thousand dollars a day. So the players uh, were not pleased that the, you know that the crowd wasn't there. The that wasn't the same uh, level of, of cheering and all that kind of stuff that you see at other places. And now we know why is because quite honestly there wasn't that many people there. But a lot of that goes back to the layout of L.A. Country Club. It wasn't conducive. To be walking around and, and watching it, I I have a nephew that was there on Saturday, and he said it was a great you know good, great time and all that kind of stuff. But he had gone to a couple of other golf events this year, including uh, the Houston Open, and he went out there on a Thursday and was able to like follow Scotty Scheffler around and just be a few feet away from him when he was teeing off and then really having a good view at the putting green uh, that course uh, didn't allow for all that but they're, it's going back, right? 2039, yeah, t- uh, they're going to return to L.A. Country that's Club. That's the report, 2039, if any of us are still around. So maybe get your tickets now and then try to, <laughs> you know, if we make it to 2038, go ahead and flip them for, for a big profit. Hopefully, at least, you know, maybe they, they take some of this information in by then. Even at the very end, when Wyndham Clark is is going towards the green and it's clear that as long as he doesn't, you know, mess something up terribly bad that he's going to win. You see, every all the all the patrons that are on the course, they rush over towards 18 green and they circle it. And there was one point where I swear it looked like the TV cameras zoomed in, like it was a game with the stadium. You don't want to see the the empty uh, upper bowl. You blew it. Like it seemed like they were zooming in. And the way that they let the fans there in at the end uh, to to gather around. By the way, had he 
gotten a bogey on that hole that would have uh, well I guess they would do we know when the play I meant to ask this the, the playoff would have had to have been today I would assume because it was so dark I mean I don't know we need to check that uh, we, uh, do me a favor we need to check that Sam but yeah they, like the, the way that they let the crowd in like they're on 18 after they had seen that Wyndham Clark was right on the green or right next to the green or whatever. Um, They tried to make it seem like, you know, it was part of the action when in a lot of ways it wasn't. Uh, Also, the vantage points of the fans around, uh, you know, what was the the short par three? Was that 13? I'm really bad. 15, okay. So the way the trajectory of the green went, like even if you were gathered around there, you really did not see where the ball ended up. I mean, and you know they, that's another thing you mentioned. Ma- uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick was uh, complaining about the lack of fans. Uh, Brooks Kefka was like not real high on LA Country Club either, talking about how many blind shots there were. Uh, you know, it just went on and on and on. But but through it all, yeah, he's okay, used to too much noise. He, 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 I mean, for Brooks, yeah, there, it was it was too. I mean, understandably, it was too quiet. The Phoenix Open would have been too quiet, given what he's used to now. With their you know they're playing <laughs> concerts and all this stuff. You talk about speaking of green though. Much like in the case that Colorado likes to pretend that they have the better green chili, which is super cute, Colorado is also owning Wyndham Clark today, but I would like to put him back on our shoulders. We are going to do that, actually, in a few minutes. Okay, so he there through all this stuff and all these sidebars and everything, one man emerged as the U.S. Open champ, and that was Wyndham Clark and... You, you know, it wasn't easy. Uh, you know, most of the field was going backwards on Sunday. Uh, and Wyndham Clark played even golf uh, from start to finish. He, he ended up even on the day. He was able to get a one-stroke victory over Rory McIlroy. And that two-putt that he made on 18 was no easy task. And there were plays he made throughout the round that were very impressive um but his ability to lag uh, you know they they talked about this on the broadcast is it, you know majors are one with the ability to lag you're not going to make those 70 and 80 footers okay but if if you can have a 70 or 80 footer turn into a two putt you're doing something right and we saw that Time and time again, we also saw his power. I mean, I know Rory McIlroy is recognized as the longest hitter like in that particular tournament. Wyndham Clark wasn't that far behind him. And, you know, other than, you know, uh, going into the rough a, a couple of times, he was brilliant off the tee and really uh, crafty around the greens, which you have to be because those par fours are so long that it's it's almost impossible in some cases to even reach, you know, not reach the green, but hold the green uh, in regulation. And when he didn't do that, uh, he was getting up and down and uh, really deserved that victory. So what you're saying is that, uh, you know, hey, you know, while Colorado is, is trying to lay their claim to Wyndham Clark. He did go to Valor High School in the Denver area, which Christian McCaffrey went to, and they've got an unbelievable uh, program there, athletic program at that high school outside of Denver and Valor High. Uh, But a lot of people didn't realize his connection to New Mexico until Nota Begay during the broadcast mentioned about, you know, that, hey, Wyndham's got ties to his hometown. Uh, Of course, Nota Begay 
went to the Albuquerque Academy, uh, and he went on to say, you know, that Wyndham Clark's dad, Randall, uh, um, Randall Clark was a terrific tennis player at Academy, and I'm sure it pained Noda because they're such rivals, but he had to go on and say, uh, kiddingly, I'm just kidding, of course, that uh, that Wyndham Clark's mother, Lisa, went to St. Pius. So we had to get the story straight. I mean, anytime, you know, we are your local radio station, so anytime that a local connection is there, we are going to bring it to you. So last week, uh, we brought in Coach Jim Johns, the state championship coach over at El Dorado High School, about Brock Wilkin, the cleanup hitter with Wake Forest, number 25. He bats fourth. He plays third base. And by the way, he had a home run in his only in the only game that Wake Forest has oh. played. Yeah, yeah. He it wasn't like a moonshot like those other the home runs he got when he had three against Alabama to get him to over Omaha. They call that one a frozen rope, Joe. That was a frozen rope, yes. So you got Brock Wilkin, who's uh, playing tonight for Wake Forest. They're going to play LSU. We'll see what happens. So we had the local connection there because his dad and his uncle had both played for Jim Johns at El Dorado. So when it came to Wyndham Clark... I had to go out and get another high school coach that has won 12 state championships, including this year, and that's Dick Johnson from La Cueva High School, a uh, rec- widely recognized uh, tennis coach in the area for many, many years. And, Dick, you are connected to Wyndham Clark and the family. Is that true, Dick? Very much so. Yeah, it was so exciting yesterday. Man, that was I was biting my teeth those last three or four holes. Oh, he grinded it out, Dick. Uh, so, so, Coach, all right, so you actually have spoken with Wyndham in the last couple of weeks, and I'm sure you'll probably talk to him again here soon. So for those people out there listening that want to know the connection of Wyndham Clark to New Mexico, the floor is yours, Coach Johnson. Well, it's, it's really kind of neat. You know, uh, Randall, his dad, uh, won four state championships uh, between 1970 to 73 for Albuquerque Academy. So uh, Noda was right on on that. And then, uh, you know, Lisa, his mom, God bless her, um, she was a homecoming queen in Mexico State also. And she went to, to St. Pius. Her sister, Monique, uh, her maiden name was Stevanette. And uh, Lisa and Monique, and, and they have three or four other sisters, too. But uh, Monique, I coached when she was a junior, and uh, she got a national ranking and, and played at Air Force Academy, and uh, also she played at Arizona. Uh, so there's really a sports background between these two families. You know, the uh, the grandfather of, uh, I'm sorry, the father of Lisa and Monique, uh, you know, stands them that many years in New York life, uh, insurance man. But he also graduated uh, with honors from West Point and was a outstanding wrestler. So it's it's in his genes, that's for sure. So you, you mentioned that you stay in touch with us. Bring us up to speed. We also we we all learned, of course, of the uh, unfortunate loss of his mother Lisa to breast cancer. Uh, she was only, I believe, fifty three years old when she passed, uh, and it really tore him up. He went from Oklahoma State to Oregon to to get you know his head straight, so to speak. So, uh, talk to us about how you maintained this relationship with uh, his mom and dad, Dick. Well, I, you know, I've known them through the years, of course, through through tennis and through the the family, and uh, you know, I I talked to him about oh two or three weeks ago, and he was excited about the U.S. Open, and uh, 
you know, he was just coming off that first big win that he got uh, in Charlotte. Uh, first tour yeah, the Wells event. Fargo. He won the Wells Fargo. Oh. Yep. Won that, and really, he wanted it going away. So he had a lot of confidence. Uh, the great thing about this whole deal, when he did transfer from uh, Oklahoma State to Oregon, you know, the assistant coach there uh, became kind of his mentor and uh, really really was his caddy. And if you noticed yesterday on the broadcast, they really were communicating all the time. Uh, and they have, they have a great relationship. And uh, uh, the caddy made a little bit more money yesterday, that, that's for sure, than he would as an assistant, uh, assistant golf coach. Yeah, those. But, hey, I'll tell you what the the calves on that caddy uh, for Wyndham Clark. Anybody would be proud of those. Uh, he's obviously lugged a lot of bags over a lot of uh, golf courses there, Dick. I mean, but no, I'm with you. The communication and the strategy and the routine they had, particularly when they were on the green, it was like they were both working simultaneously. Coach Johnson. Yes, very much so. And and you know, John is, uh, you know, from. Also, former uh, PGA pro, and he he did qualify for some uh, big tournaments. In fact, he didn't make the cut, but he did qualify for the U.S. Open. So, you know, he's a caddy now, but he's a very accomplished golfer. And uh, Wyndham has got to be just pretty pooped out right now. I'm going to leave him alone and maybe call him in a couple weeks. Uh, he lives in the Scottsdale area now. So, uh, anyway, just a wonderful day. It was exciting. We're talking to uh, Dick Johnson here on Team Talk ESPN Radio 1017. The team talking about the local connection with Wyndham Clark, now forever a U.S. Open champion, and his ties here to Albuquerque. And we saw a lot of confidence after the round, after we, he was over, uh, Coach Johnson, that he feels like he belongs, that this wasn't just a one-off, that he expects to to keep winning on tour for all the struggles that, that he had gone through you know, with his mom and, and relocating and everything. I mean, just what were some of the things you saw in him that led you to, that led you to think, he could do something like he did and and now try to sustain it on the PGA Tour. I, I really have a lot of confidence in Wyndham right now because if you noticed on the uh, when they were driving, he and uh, Roy McIlroy were, you know, I know that Kepka's also uh, really hits the ball a long ways, but uh, he's right in there. I mean, he was matching all the, you know, name, so-called name top golfers all the way. In fact, he he was averaging, I think, anywhere from 310 to 350 on all his drives. There was a moment, I think it was on either 15 or 16, when he missed a par putt for a bogey, and he had one of those moments that a lot of us have on the golf course, you know, grabbing the end of the putter like he was about ready to, you know, to kind of let that frustration uh, get to him, but just to be able to to regather and, and everything else, I, I mean, that... that that had that had to be inspiring for for you and a lot of people because it would be really easy for somebody who's never been in that spot before to just you know the bottom falls out and and to not end up not winning the tournament. Well, that's for sure. You know, those uh, he reminded me a little bit of when Roger Federer was very young, and I guess he was kind of a wild boy and threw his rackets and all this stuff, and then uh, you know a couple of good coaches and. Switzerland and Australia got got with him, and uh, he calmed down. I know after his mom died, uh, Wyndham was also had a kind of a. They say I didn't ever see that, but uh, said he had really a tough time maintaining composure. And he's he's gone to a tremendous sports psychologist that I think has worked with some of the top NBA pros, and uh, she really is. I mean, he's uh, he's on the right track. I really expect him to. Uh, 
to win a few more tournaments before he hangs it up. All right. He's a nice young man physically. He's, he's so talented. So talented. And that and that's what I want to get to. We're talking to uh, Laqueva High School uh, tennis coach, twelve-time uh, state champion, including this year, Dick Johnson, joining us here on Team Talk on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline. Uh, you know, you know, you talked about his grandfather. Uh, you know, graduating with honors at West Point and being an outstanding wrestler there, which I'm sure was no easy task at West Point. But uh, his mom and dad. Uh, you know, you talked about his dad being a, a four-time state champion. Uh, you talk. Uh, you talked about coaching. Uh, his mom's sister. Uh, what about? And you mentioned his mom was homecoming queen at New Mexico State. I think she was Miss New Mexico as well, right, Coach? Yeah. Okay, so she talk sure. about her, uh, the late uh, Lisa. Uh, you know, as an athlete too, because I heard not only in tennis, but she was volleyball, all that stuff. Coach Johnson. She was a great athlete and a beautiful person. Uh, you know, uh, she and and Monique, her her sister, did very well with Mary Kay. Uh, and Lisa was one of the top top sellers in the country with Mary Kay products. She did really, really well. And so, uh, yeah, she was a lovely person. Well, that's so neat that you stayed uh, so close to the family. And obviously, uh, Wyndham has a lot of respect for you because, you know, you guys stay in touch. And uh, I just think this is really neat for people to know. We had hinted at it earlier uh, last week that there was a connection between Wyndham Clark and New Mexico. And thank you for connecting the dots, Coach uh, Johnson. Thank you. It's just fun to be with you, Joe. And uh, all the best. And uh, we'll just hope that. Uh I know he'll be pretty exhausted this week with all the different interviews, but uh, I, I, I really predict he's going to have a wonderful career. And my prediction is that you'll uh, stay involved in his life as well, the way his, his parents were connected to you, uh, particularly his mom. All right, Coach Johnson, thank you so much for joining us here on Team Talk. That is Coach Dick Johnson, 12-time state champion at La Cueva, including this past season.